0: Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of Courage to be Curious. Before I begin today's episode, I just want to put a reminder in here at the beginning of the show that if you have really been enjoying following along with us on our journey through the Yamas and Niyamas, the Yoga Principles for Ethical Living, I know I've been loving it. I've been getting lots of emails from people is that there's an opportunity to join myself and Dr. Christine Keisinger for a day-long retreat on April 13th in Annapolis, Maryland. And we have really dedicated this to the first of what we hope will be, depending on our response, a hope will be a series of retreats that could really focus on bringing the yamas and niyamas to life and helping people embody them and align the way that they live their lives in coherence with the yamas and niyamas. We have found them to be so instructive. So this first retreat on April 13th in Annapolis, Maryland, at a beautiful site of the Annapolis Friends Quaker Meeting House, is going to focus on the principle of ahimsa and nonviolence. It is also going to be an opportunity to cleanse away from the winter into the spring, and really clear away things that could be in the path keeping us from living a truly self loving life, a self caring life, and that may be right now causing us to be a little harsh with ourselves, harsh with others, maybe kind of dead and cold things from winter. Clear them away so that we can move into spring fully aligned with a state of life that is truly forgiving and nonviolent to ourselves. So anyway, enough on that. If you want information, please go to the Courage to be Curious website and go down to the bottom, sign up for our newsletter. You'll be on all the emails for that. There is information on our Facebook page, Courage to be Curious, where you can see a link to register there. But if you have been engaged, you want to move forward, this is the way to do it. And if you want to introduce friends to this work that we're doing, to the yamas and niyamas, to the spiritual practices we're talking about, go ahead and invite friends along too. So that's enough of our preamble for today. We are in the month of March, and we are talking all about the yama of satya, or truthfulness. And last time we talked about truthfulness in terms of the things that we tell ourselves. And today I want to focus on the aspect of satya that Deborah Adele kind of frames in the context of what does it mean, how does truthfulness inter, interconnect with this space of wanting and needing to belong to community and needing to grow? This is something that anybody who embarks upon spiritual work comes up against at some point. We are all part of various kinds of groups friendship groups, family groups, association groups, work groups, meetup groups, you know, religious groups. We have groups because we are a a species that is designed to be communal. As mammals, we need to be in community. We thrive in community. And in fact, we suffer and struggle more in the absence of community. So we seek to belong. We also have a driving need to grow and to keep expanding. And so the interesting space rises up when these two things can sometimes come in conflict with one another. And I'll get this a lot from people. And I remember it coming up very starkly when I was in my coach training program, like probably about eight years ago now, where very often one partner would come to be trained as a coach and go through a very intense period of personal growth. And suddenly they would, notice this tension arising sometimes with spouse partners at home with friends with people that they were around where suddenly it's like I don't know if I fit here anymore or suddenly people are saying things that irritate me or I don't know if this is where I belong anymore and in fact it it was so pronounced in the coaching program, the number of people who were actually getting separated and proposing divorce as a result of what was happening, that it made them t- take a look at this. So it's a very real phenomenon. And whether you are you know, traveling the yamas and yamas with us, whether you are doing personal work of any kind of spiritual and emotional kind, and people around you are not clearly on the same exact journey, that this tension can arise. And so... It calls us to really think about this truthfulness, what does it mean to be in our truth, and how do we navigate the truthfulness of our own experience, the truthfulness of our own growth with our sense and need to belong in places with others and in the book, Deborah Dell talks about some kind of exa- some examples that come up around. Truthfulness. What happens if you're in a draw in a job, but you really feel like your truth is starting to call you to something else? Maybe you've been in a job that's been kind of fine and it's earning you a living and all those th- things, but you're reaching a point in life where you feel like. I just don't feel driven by it anymore. I just don't feel motivated by it anymore. I want to do something else, but you might feel trapped financially. It's an example of the ways in which coming up and facing our truth can feel like it's coming in conflict with both an obligation, but also a sense of a community that we've been part of or a way in which we've been um, existing in relationship to others in the world. You know, I faced something similar. I remember when I was in my first year of college, and I had chosen a university that I thought would be the great one, the would be a good one, would be appropriate for me. And I could tell fairly early on I had this sense that it wasn't right, and I ended up changing dormitories and all of these things. But ultimately, I decided, you know, I thought I had the thought that I would change colleges. And I remember talking about this with people in my peer group, and people had pretty strong reactions to it. People said things to me like, well, how do you know it's going to be better someplace else? And maybe you're just not putting yourself out there in the right places. Maybe you haven't tried the right things. You know, People had all kinds of reactions to that, which when I stepped back and thought about it made sense, because here I was putting forth a rejection or potential rejection of something that they were embracing and cared about and seemed right for them. And perhaps they didn't want me to leave their community. Perhaps that would have felt badly. And so I had this tension between something like my own truth and then the sense of belonging or even what they were feeling might have been a threat to their sense of community. Ultimately, I made the decision to change, but it was, and it was difficult, as those kinds of decisions often are. And I love, you know, Deborah DelPontaine, brings forth this teaching where she says, oftentimes we hear ourselves saying things like, I really just don't know what to do, particularly in the face of when these tensions arise. You know, I don't know if I should change colleges. I don't know if I should leave this job and think about another job or a new career. I don't know if I should back out of this thing I've committed to. I don't know if I should join this event committee or not join this event committee. I don't know, we, we hear ourselves, this is sort of our cue that lets us know that this tension has arisen. I'm just not, I just don't know what to do. And what she suggests to us is that we often do know what to do. Our truth is coming through, which is what's creating the tension. But in that moment, the cost of what our realness is or what we think our realness to be seems too high or seems too scary at the time. So let's think about that. We say, I don't know what to do. What we really mean by that is, I think I do know what to do. In fact, I'm pretty sure I know what to do or what feels right to me. And it seems really scary because either I don't know what the other side will bring, I don't know what's to do on the other side, or I hear this a lot often, but if it will hurt somebody else or it will inconvenience somebody else if I follow my truth. So the tension is not really about not knowing what to do. It's about weighing our truth against what we feel like the cost of pursuing our truth. Is. And I think it's a really important distinction to make. So I'm going to go into that and then circle back to the end of what I wanted to say about this. But I think it's a really important distinction to make between the statement, I don't know what to do, versus I know what to do, and there's really scary parts about doing it. One of the things that's important about that is when we keep telling ourselves, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. We keep re- repeating that kind of refrain in our heads. It actually leads us to the place where we begin to doubt our own knowing. Right? If we tell ourselves enough that we don't know what to do in all kinds of situations, we will become a person who believes that we don't know what to do. And having become that person many, you know, for a long period in my life, It felt really badly not to be able to trust in my knowing and I lost trust in myself. So that doesn't feel like a really good thing to perpetuate through our language. The second thing is it gives us permission to hide. It gives us permission to hide from the challenge of having to find, reconcile between our truth and what we feel like are the costs of pursuing our truth at that time. Saying, I don't know, lets us off the hook. It's the easy way out, and it doesn't grow us, and it doesn't make us stronger, and it doesn't help us to become more discerning, and it doesn't actually sort anything out. The only thing that it results in is typically spiraling and or spinning in places of anxiety. I think about how much time can be lost and drained, and how much energy can be lost and drained, spinning in circles with I don't know what to do. And so I'm going to make this invitation that the next time you're caught in one of these tensions, that instead of framing it as I don't know what to do, you frame it as I feel an inclination really strongly, and I realize that there can be costs on the other side of that, that there are things to consider on the other side, and I'm willing to take on reckoning with those considerations, reckoning between my truthfulness and those considerations and seeing what makes sense in this moment. That's a whole different frame. It's a much more, I think, empowered frame, and dare I even say this, but as I've had to grow up and learn, a more mature frame to what's actually going on. One of the things, and this comes directly from Deborah Bedell's book, says, truth rarely seems to ask the easier choice of us. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. I was recently in a conversation with someone where we came up against something that actually made me feel really vulnerable. It hit on a deeply sensitive place for me. And I recognized it. I realized it. And I said, Wow this is a place I have so much growing to do and I'm in the discomfort of being face to face right now with a place Mm -hmm. that I really need to grow a really vulnerable space. And the other person said, I don't want you to be uncomfortable. And my response was, and my invitation to you is to really consider the importance of thinking this way. Perhaps my response was, It's okay for me to be uncomfortable. I appreciate the discomfort because on the other side of the discomfort is the place that I've grown, is something better, is something clearer. So I'm very happy to go toward the discomfort. I am very happy. I'm not gonna enjoy it. But I'm, gonna, I'm happy to do it because I have enough experience to know now that if I go toward the discomfort and I have the courage to go through the discomfort, that on the other side of it is something that's going to feel a whole lot more peaceful than what feels now. So that's my offering for today and the offering of truthfulness is let's embrace that truthfulness can be difficult. Let's embrace that truthfulness can give rise to tension. Let's give, let's recognize that truthfulness can ask us to reckon with difficult and important things, but to recognize that we have the capacity to do that. It is our birthright as sentient beings with a neocortex capable of this higher level emotional discernment that it is our birthright that we have the capability to do it. That was a lot for today. Loved exploring the yamas and niyamas with you and continuing on our journey of of discussing satya. I will continue this journey with you next week. And in the meantime, keep wondering your way to brilliant.